0: This episode of Cinema Vention is brought to you by Routing Wonk, J one Jack Wolf, Wearmall3, and Kevin Fournier. If you want to become one of the names listed here at the top of the show, go to patreon.com slash is one and support the show today. Hi, I'm w. Scott is one and I have not seen the movie Independence Day. <gasps> Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is CinemaVention. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Cinema Invention Podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today we'll be discussing the movie Independence Day, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the Ritual Misery Podcast and podcast producer Extraordinaire. Please welcome back Anthony Limos, aka Amos, aka Ethan Kane, aka Bald Guy with a beard. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not completely bald, and I I don't know if I'd say podcast
1: producer extraordinaire. More like podcaster producer elite.
0: Elite. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, welcome it's back. Sub level. Yeah, yeah. Welcome <laughs> back to the show, man. Uh, thanks again for uh, for being on the show, uh, talking about Independence I- Day. I mean, I like
1: my uh, as people can obviously tell. I like my date-themed movies, and this would be the second of my third appearances, or second of my three appearances tied into a specific date. So it works. Mm-hmm.
0: For me. Yeah, no, that's actually pretty pretty accurate. Yep, absolutely. Because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Breakfast Club and Die Hard, yeah, were the other two. Yeah. So Die yeah. Hard was the Christmas episode. So mm-hmm. works out for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's as we always do, let's go over the stats real quick before we uh, get further along into this. So Independence Day is available for rent or purchase on all major Internet distributors and is available to stream for free on the Roku channel. It's also available on Amazon Prime Video if you have Prime. I also found it on Peacock if you have Peacock Premium as well. So lots of different options to choose from. Independence Day was released by 20th Century Fox on July 3rd, 1996. The movie was directed by Roland Emmerich and stars Will Smith.
1: Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth!
0: Thank you. Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonnell, and Judd Hirsch. The movie had a budget of $75 million and made $817.4 million in theaters uh do you remember when the first time you saw this movie was was amos
1: i do i do the movie released on july 3rd 1996 and the first showing was a 6 p.m showing at the sumter cinema 7 or whatever it was and i was at that first showing on opening night
0: mm-hmm. so right right as it came out okay yeah um, and that was
1: east coast too so like it was you know yeah, it was back in the 90s. They didn't do like midnight releases, the, you know, after the night before, so.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah, because that's true, because a lot of times they'll have like midnight releases, so like it's not even, it's like the day before, even though it's The day and yeah i know it gets confusing
1: especially being in alaska uh, four hours like you can't release the movie until midnight eastern time but we're we're watching it at 8 30 because it's after midnight eastern time
0: oh Um, okay
1: not so much back then and this was this one was odd because july 3rd was actually a wednesday so this was a wednesday release into a long weekend because mm. the the Fourth of July was on Thursday, and of course most people were taking the fifth off, so it was a, basically a four day weekend they extended into a five day weekend, so that opening weekend numbers were uh, slightly boosted.
0: Ooh, yeah, no, honestly, like that's probably the most ideal date for the Fourth of July to fall on. To be honest, you know what I mean? Gives <laughs> you all those extra it's days. Not bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: Although I will say, uh, the movie had a budget of seventy five million. How did they make this movie with seventy five million dollars? i mean i i I can i'll i'm sure you'll point out some of the shortcomings and some of the cgi and things but Mm -hmm. i mean come on 75 million you couldn't get will smith for 75 million let alone this entire movie Yeah, that number might
0: not be adjusted for inflation (laughs) especially (laughs) with this inflation uh in this in this economy (laughs) fair enough all right
1: so let's hear some more about this movie will
0: yeah absolutely so did you know, and I found this out during my uh, during my research, did you know that this movie was supposed to be shown on television? It was going to be shown on television for the first time on the Fox network on September 16th, 2001. Yeah, after seeing this movie, I bet you can figure out why they decided to pull the plug on that idea real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of it is, I think, you know, the whole destruction and everything else, and blah 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 blah. But there are a couple of shots of the twin towers prominently displayed when they're showing vis- uh, overviews of New York yeah, City, and I think that, that was too. really the the key thing there.
0: And I don't, I don't even think they showed the twin towers falling. I think they showed the Empire State Building falling in the correct. in the shot. You are, well, yeah, but uh, they, but they might have
1: shown. They might have shown the twin towers as they panned away from the city, but they were not prominently destroyed during the attack on the city. But they right. were primarily displayed prior to the attack with the spaceships like flying in and stuff like that. And you can see and, the twin towers with the ship like floating in and stuff. Yeah,
0: so. and but and honestly, to be honest, like those those destruction shots that they were showing of the uh, of the city, like. Yeah, bared a lot of resemblance to what actually happened. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. not far off, not far off.
0: Yeah, n- n- safe to say, I think that was probably a safe bet to not show the movie that night. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. now I am. I'm actually excited to uh, get your perspective on this uh, film because. Um, because you are a retired military service member and this movie kind of deals with um, military uh, military servicemen. And also, um, didn't you work in um, with the planes in the military? Isn't wasn't that your mm-hmm. um, specialty? Oh, I was an aircraft mechanic. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you would have a lot more insider knowledge on especially the those fighter jets potentially than perhaps I would um so with that in mind i i wanted to um pick your brain as to um whether some of these things militarily or not are even realistic because i have my doubts as to my uh my expectations on some of these so first thing is is that um that cable worker david played by jeff goldblum by the way which had I believe he had just gotten off of his uh big Jurassic Park role. I think this was either mm-hmm. probably the first or second movie that he starred in after Jurassic Park, if I'm not mistaken.
1: hmm I, I believe it was the first movie after the Jurassic Park series, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's riding off of that big uh that big release. But uh what's interesting is he apparently rides his bike through the offices of Comcast. And that's that's the first thing where I was like, why is he riding his bike through the offices? But then like you see like, okay, no, this is a trope like he rides his bike everywhere. Like that's kind of his thing. But also he's working for Comcast. So
1: mm. Uh, also he's the guy that everybody goes to talk to when there's major issues with satellites. So he's not like your average dude that graduated MIT and went to be a cable repairman. He's like one of the top dudes. So yeah, you kind of ride your bike where the hell you want, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I could see that. But, uh, but the point I'm getting at though with David is that you actually alluded to it. Like he has the ability to somehow pick up the signal that the alien mothership is giving on his noted this, his Apple PowerBook laptop, which was a major throwback. Like, you got the black uh the black um shell and everything like but yeah. like i i can't imagine you'd be running that kind of software on a powerbook for fuck's sake like that'd be on a windows laptop right i i mean at the
1: time everything was so niche like it was you had windows 95 and then you had the other half of the world using some derivative of linux or something home built so mhm Using uh, a- Apple software for that probably not completely far-fetched. Um, might have been a little product placement there, but yeah. I mean, this is Apple in the '90s, so and, yeah. And this movie important to note: this movie is very specifically, um, uh, 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 current. It is very topical for the day that it was released, right? Like they designed this movie and the dates and the flashes and everything else to appear as if it was happening in real time while you were in the theater on opening day. Yeah, like that was that was the whole theme of of that aspect of it. Yeah. So it's it's not like they were like, oh, we're showing you stuff that happened five Independence Days ago. It was like they wanted to be as up to date as
0: possible on everything. Yeah, like trying to predict the um the uh very close future, so to speak. I mean, I, I admittedly it's not that hard to guess, but it is still like there there is a risk when it comes to that. We've talked about that with other yeah. with other movies before about how like yeah, it's a calculated when movies risk.
1: Are, I mean, they're in de- in development for two years or whatever. You know, you've got to kind of, you know, take all those things into account and stuff like that. Yeah. So having you, said yeah, that yeah.
0: though, having said that mm-hmm. though, how likely is it That the aliens just happen to be using this like similar communication device to something a satellite would use. I mean, I would think that the aliens would have some sort of proprietary device like or proprietary signal that they would use just so they would avoid this issue of where Jeff Goldblum can just look at the (laughs) look at the signals that the aliens are sending. Well,
1: there's two there's two ways of looking at this. You ready for this? Okay. You have the apologist and the um the cynic. Okay. The cynic is going to say, just as you did, there's no way the aliens with this advanced technology are using the same basic crap that we're using, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The apologist is going to say, there's only so many spectrums that light can travel. And all these radio signals are all light traveling mm-hmm. in waves at certain frequencies. And satellites are tuned to certain ones to f- pick up. And all those satellites went up there after the their 1950s crash in Roswell. So if the if that was a scouting party, then the aliens wouldn't have known that we had this technology. So how they, could they have prepared for us to intercept it? I mean, there's two different ways of going at it. I'm going to go with the one that works with the movie that they were just sending out signals. And it happened to be used Happened to be picked up by our satellites, and uh-huh. we happened to have been able to descramble that out of the signals we knew were possible, which that's actually fairly believable. And that they weren't using our satellites against us, they were simply doing the same thing with their ships being on different sides of the globe, and our satellites happened to pick it up. Okay. why because I enjoy this movie.
0: Okay, fair enough. But how is his laptop the only one that can detect these signals and the government just has no means of tracking these?
1: You're 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 tracking the wrong thing. You're concentrating on the laptop that was that that you had a flashback memory of as opposed to the person who is supposed to be using the laptop and looking for specific things in the signals. Mm. The government might not have been tracking. Hey, there's a problem with CNN coming through on the satellite feed. They wouldn't care. That's some tech guy in the basement's job. Right. But David, on the other hand, this is what he lives and breathes. So when there's a problem, he's going to want to know exactly why, Mm
0: -hmm. which is
1: why it's important that he works where he does. that He graduated MIT and that he is so intelligent as to be able to figure this out. Mm. Probably could use a little more plot development into that. Sure. But either way, that's where it is.
0: Yeah. Fair enough, I a little bit of a sidejack here, but North desert Iraq, like excuse me, it's got a name here. come on, North desert Iraq, really, you couldn't have thought of a better name
1: I mean, they could have said somewhere you right know, somewhere in the somewhere in the Iraqi desert,
0: but they're being a little more specific than that, yeah, just North desert, just because that's more specific. <laughs> uh,
1: they're not going to say Baghdad because I mean, first of all, it's not in the North, but they're, you know, sure. any other city besides Baghdad, 90% of Americans aren't going to recognize anyway. And if they do, it's only yeah. because of the, the Gulf war coverage. So I, 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 this is one of those details that I didn't think mattered, I guess.
0: Uh, okay. No, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I brought that up because that was a watch party. Uh, that was a watch party trope. And I, I, I absolutely laughed my ass yeah. off, <laughs> but Here's what's interesting to me. The evacuation process that essentially boils down to everyone driving away from the area and the only ones... like, Because here's here's the thing, too. uh, Because like, the only ones that can escape on airplane are the mm-hmm. members of the cabinet on Air Force One. They're the only ones mm-hmm. that take off in a jet, you'll notice. Everyone else is, like, driving away from the explosion. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, like, like, wouldn't you wouldn't you have a better evacuation procedure for something like this? Because it's like, where the hell are you going to drive to? Right. Like, in theory, these explosions are big enough that there's no there's no way you there's nowhere to go. Well, so
1: if you want to evacuate a major city, say Los Angeles, and this mm-hmm. has been tackled in tons of movies. So it's basically just its own kind of trope now. Mm hmm. You're looking at at least for a semi-organized evacuation of Los Angeles, the the greater Los Angeles area, you're looking at at least a 10-day process of 24 hours a day, constant moving of people in an effective manner. Right. They didn't have that. They had like 12 hours. Yeah. So no matter how much evacuation you think you want to do in 12 hours, there's no way people are getting out of LA in that time. You can barely yeah. get out of L.A. in 12 hours on a decent, on a weekend. good day.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you know, so and the, the fact that they waited so long to actually try to evacuate people until, I don't know, seven minutes or nine minutes or whatever before. Right. The, before the countdown officially went, you know, to zero. There's there's just zero chance. And I that's mean, that just added the,
0: insult to injury. Right. That they didn't yeah. <laughs> evacuate sooner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, it, w- it wouldn't, I mean, you would have, you would have saved people in the suburbs like Palmdale, California would have been fine. Sure. But San Jose is not going anywhere. It's still getting yeah. blasted whenever San Francisco gets blasted. So yeah, it's whatever.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: <laughs> there's, there, it was, that was, that's basically a trope that is there to kind of push the tension forward. But in all reality, there's, there was no escaping it. Like it didn't matter how early they had started. Like, if they'd been like, Hey, there's a fuzzy thing in the sky around the moon, let's evacuate the cities." Boom. <laughs>
0: yeah, boom. Yep. You're dead. <laughs> yeah.
1: all, all you've done is mess but mess up more people's breakfast. That's all you've done.
0: Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Now, this is the one where this is the one where I really need your expertise on this. So, mm-hmm. because you have all of these fighter jets who are fighting the ship over Los Angeles, or rather what's left of Los Angeles at this point. Mm-hmm. And they all, um, they all are getting destroyed by the alien ship, right? Mm-hmm. Except for Captain Heller's jet. Like, apparently, his is the only one that came with an eject button. Like,
1: you I, mean it, Captain Heller?
0: Oh, hey, look at that! If you're watching the video, there's a uh, Independence Day Popo funk that. Uh, amos has on video right now two
1: captain hillers i've got one with light skin and one with dark skin and if you want to know why i have two one with light skin and one with dark skin it's because there's one with light skin and one with dark skin what the hell is going on with that pop anyway
0: wait what (laughs) yeah
1: like literally one of them is is about five shades lighter than the other it's ridiculous Uh... and they were both on sale at the same store and i found them in a bottom
0: uh um, excuse me pop <laughs> yeah uh funko uh ah.
1: <laughs> and i i had them both in boxes because i didn't I mean one of them i if you can if you're watching the video you see behind me i don't collect i collect but i don't i'm not a collector i don't keep things in the pristine boxes and stuff because i don't care yeah like, yeah um but i've kept these in boxes until uh my drone decided to fly through one of them so i don't i don't know Oops, <laughs> he's, got, he's got marks on him now. So hopefully, he's not the one that ends up being worth money one day. Yep. Um.
0: <laughs> but the, so the eject button.
1: Um. Okay. So law of averages, or or law of of uh, consequence, whatever you want to call it. You have, first of all, there's not that many aircraft in the inventory they can scramble at, at that time. If you're going to have one aircraft escape. And it really was two because it was Hiller and his, his co-pilot or his, his, uh, his wingman. Right. Um, they escape because they ditch out early when things are going wrong. And they're like, you know what? We're going to get low. We're going to get fast. We're going to get the hell out of here. Um, because they're two of the better pilots. If they weren't two of the better pilots, we wouldn't be telling their story. So if you want to just narrow it down to the narrative aspect of it, of course, Hiller's the plane that, that gets away.
0: Right. however,
1: right. Your question's about the ejection seats, and I can tell you that if there's still a chance to fight, you're not ejecting. No one is ejecting while there's still a chance to fight. Mm. And as long as they have armaments and they haven't tried everything and they still have somewhat of a numbers presence, they're not going to just eject because, oh, this is useless. You keep pushing on because you never know when that chance is going to happen and something, you know, for some reason they're playing video games and the shield finally falls because they've been hit enough times with the different stuff. Now everybody, everybody's already ejected. That's not going to work. So the mm-hmm. military mindset isn't okay. This isn't working. Eject out. The military mindset is keep pushing and hopefully we'll find something to get through because this is our last ditch effort. And you notice that Hiller didn't actually eject until his aircraft is out of fuel. He wasn't going to be able to make it. He didn't have any further cover. And, you know, his last ditch attempt at survival and taking out the enemy was to eject his, 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 uh, his parachute to blind the enemy and then eject it out of his plane so he would survive, but the enemy would crash into the mountain. Mm, so he okay. even used the eject as an offense
0: I in see. a way of
1: distraction and keeping the enemy going in the same direction as the cliff where he was going above it and hopefully surviving.
0: Yeah. No. I, I. actually that makes complete sense now that you say that. Like, yeah. Because yeah. No. Because otherwise, yeah. No. I. I would have. I would have not thought of that. So that that makes complete sense from that standpoint. What yeah. doesn't make sense though is why the hell President President Whitmore did not know about Area Fifty One. More importantly, why his defense secretary actively kept that information from him. Ah. <sighs>
1: So okay. this movie introduced the idea, the concept of plausible deniability to me. Okay. Which if, if someone out there doesn't understand, I'm going to break it down. Super simple. Plausible deniability is that the concept that I cannot be held accountable for telling you something doesn't exist. If I didn't know it didn't exist. Okay. So it's, it's basically a, a catch all. um, you can't tell me I'm lying if I'm not lying because I didn't know. Mm. Um, but as soon as strange fuzzy things appeared in the sky, the defense secretary, which, by the way, probably wouldn't be the person out of that group to know this, but the defense secretary would have immediately turned around and been like, uh, plausible non is over. We got to handle this situation. It would not mm-hmm. have taken 30 minutes of screen time or seven eight nine ten twelve whatever hours of movie time to make it there you know right um yeah that 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 part always irritates me and like why did it take him so long to fire this dude after the fact like it like yeah that whole character i love the actor the actor's great they did a great job i hate the character
0: oh yeah sure yeah because he he is kind of useless uh if you think about it right like he's not he he does yeah. not know what the hell he's doing at all. <laughs>
1: yeah. What what's what's the opposite of a MacGuffin? you know? Cuz a McGuffin is something that's just there to keep the movie keep the story going forward. What's the opposite of that? Something that's just uh, there to hold the movie back. Like a I, MacGuffin? Uh, Like I don't know what it, it's going to be. It's has going to be something, but that's what he is. He's just there to slow the story down. Yeah, he's an
0: anti macguffin Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yep. Speaking of that, if you think about it by the way, Essentially, this movie boils down to them uploading a computer virus to the mothership to destroy the shields around the spaceships because realistically that's the only that's the only way that they can um, that they can disarm the spaceships because otherwise like they've thrown everything but the kitchen sink at it and they and they've lost right like mm-hmm. and and I suppose during this time that you know this is the late 90s like computer viruses were like, very much I don't know, like they were starting to get mainstream attention at this point, right? So so it would make sense that a computer virus would take out an alien mothership, right?
1: This is a MacGuffin.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: If we knew them enough about programming their languages to install a virus of any kind, then it would have been, we would have had a lot more knowledge about their technologies and everything else because we would have been able to decide for anything. We don't know anything about their technology, so we're not going to be able to install, like, if I, if I try to install right now a virus from 1995 into your software and your computer from here, mm-hmm. like, it's not going to happen. Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's, like Mike, even if I could somehow telnet into your computer from here, for over dial-up, because you know, it, like right. You know, there's just no way for me to infect your computer because your computer is already so advanced that I'm—I'm I mean, not going to say no way, but there's a very slim chance that I'm going to be able to inject something that's going to take over your computer.
0: But also, like Windows Defender would immediately see that right. and be like, "Nope," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> immediately shoot down. I remember it you
1: 30 years ago. Shut it down, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of where that's at. Um, but you know what? It makes for it makes for a fun story. So I'm yeah, I'll, I'll give them a pass.
0: But of but know. of course they have to have the dialogue box that says uploading virus because otherwise how would we know that that's what they're doing, right? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it
1: couldn't be something that would be authentic, like uh, uh, delivering package or uploading data or uploading dot right. you know, tgz or something or t yeah trz or whatever yeah you gotta, you gotta you
0: gotta you gotta dumb know? it down to a third grade level for a movie you know
1: <laughs> yeah you gotta give me a, a dropbox sync icon or something like you're not gonna be <laughs> right. uploading virus you know and then like what what was that crazy graphic with the skull and crossbones on it like
0: yeah right the
1: aliens <laughs> understand that you know i like, guess uh, yeah yeah that was really, really thick in the tropes. I, that that's part of the movie that I was like, ah, this really dates it.
0: Yeah, no, it really does. Yeah, I mean, especially because it's like clearly they do not know how viruses work, in in this, like, like they just they didn't know. Uh, to be fair to them though, like this was the late nineties; they're still trying to figure things out. So, yeah, you I know, mean,
1: Hiller Hiller crashed the aircraft into the back wall when he was trying to go forward and up out of the out of the base. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, true. It,
1: Maybe just throwing spaghetti on the wall helps sometimes. I don't know.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Now, speaking of throwing spaghetti at the wall, using the elevator during an emergency, like really using it. You're talking uh, about trying to
1: bring all the people down into Area 51?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, no, using the elevator during an emergency, like uh, really, why is like that should be a last resort option. Take the fucking stairs. <laughs> I mean, at the beginning
1: when they first arrived there, they did say we're now thirty-seven floors below the surface. Mm-hmm. So that is a lot of stairs to get a bunch of hickabillies in RVs sure. to go down in an orderly fashion without, without there... someone falling and dumping grandma over the side.
0: Yeah, but what, what, but isn't wasn't there an emergency where they like where they went into the elevator during it? I'm tr- I don't know. <laughs> I can't yeah, remember what it was, but that, that was when the attack was happening. Yeah, right. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah no,
1: and uh, like we're trying ah. to go thirty-seven floors down. Like that's
0: it's just it's
1: ah uh, yeah. Oh, and you didn't you didn't mention Adam Baldwin in the uh, the credits here. Um, mm. I love Adam Baldwin. I think he's amazing. He played Jane. He played uh, what's his name in Chuck. Mm. Um, gosh, the dude just he plays the same role every single time, but he does it so well. I laugh every time.
0: Yeah, yeah fair enough
1: and so, don't forget russell
0: oh yes russell. russell yeah that uh that uh that uh that brave kamikaze mission that he uh that he took yeah so yeah no <laughs> it, i just it sucks to me that he that he also couldn't hit the eject button as he was going up in I there mean,
1: i don't know that they had eject buttons on crop dusters or if he knew what they looked like after last flying in like 78 or whatever yeah. it was. So I don't know. Uh, or he just wanted to die. Who? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did have some favorite moments about this movie though. I've, I've been, I've been shitting on it a lot. I did have some favorite moments. So I, uh, I appreciated the, uh, distortion and the antenna signal. Like it brought me back to my childhood. Cause we still had, uh, we still had an old analog TV uh, when I was growing up. And I feel like I'm kind of the last generation that grew up on analog antenna TVs like these kids these days with their digital, um their digital signal and their iPhones and their streaming like they don't they don't know what it's like to deal with antenna TV and trying to get that signal just right. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you say that, but they're they're still trying to catch up to that in certain parts of Africa. So, Fair you know that, that that aspect, depending on where it's where it's viewed, that's going to last for a long time of kids being like, "Man, I'm probably the last people to remember that." Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. but yeah, that that does bring back nostalgia. of So much tinfoil. <laughs> yeah, right. Which, by the way, isn't tinfoil? It's aluminum foil, but I'm going to call it tinfoil because that's what we called it. So much tinfoil on the rabbit ear broken ass. Antennas with the little loopy thing on it, and one over here and one back over here that kind of bent that way, and then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get some speaker wire and put that outside. Hope the signal helped. Yeah, it was.
0: Yeah, Uh, what's funny is it reminded me of a story that Steve Jobs told on stage Uh, during the iPhone presentation, the original iPhone presentation. His uh, his remote clicker stopped working on the presentation Mm. software. And Steve Jobs actually tells this funny story of Wozniak making a TV jammer to fuck with his roommates in college. Uh, here, let's take a yep. listen. You know, when I was in high school, <laughs> Steve Wozniak and I, mostly Steve, uh, made this little device called a TV jammer. And it was, this, it was this little oscillator that would put out frequencies that would screw up the TV. And Woz would have it in his pocket, and we'd go into like a dorm at Berkeley where he was going to school. And a bunch of folks would be watching like Star Trek. And he'd screw up the TV. And somebody would go up to fix it. And, and, and just as they had their foot off the ground, he'd turn it back on. And if they put their foot back on the ground, he'd, he'd screw up the TV again. And within five minutes, he'd have somebody like this <laughs> for the rest of the Star Trek episode. Okay, so maybe. Yeah, I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, every time I laugh at that story. And that was like a, an impromptu story that he told at the presentation too because he was waiting yep. for the software to work dude steve was always like the best presenter like for the apple events man it was great yeah. <laughs> uh i also love how they're just casually playing uh, at the very beginning the guy's just casually playing mini golf in the military facility where they're keeping track of things right like
1: yeah at the city yeah
0: yeah right is that a thing that would happen
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, that's especially at SETI where you're you have a mission where you're I mean, it's literally the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, right? So they're basically just running analytics on oh, they're, like they're hoping to catch a signal and run analytics on it similar to the the wow signal, you know, and it's it's what happened twice in history that we've gotten anything like that, and only one time was it actually like had been identified and confirmed that it was something worth looking at. Um so there's long hours of just sitting there waiting for something to happen where there nothing's going on. And these people they didn't have cell phones, so they couldn't just be sitting there playing Brick Breaker on their phone all all day. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, a little mini golf thing. I could I could see that happening. And yeah. I could also see the guy tripping over a ball later and getting really pissed off and mad Oh yeah, it, so.
0: right. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I could totally see that too, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh and uh they mentioned and I remember this from the uh from the War Games episode, they mentioned going to DEFCON three, which I remember mm-hmm. from the uh, the War Games episode. Which I, this goes to show you how much military knowledge that I that I know, which is jack shit. I didn't even know that the I didn't even know about the DEFCON system, and then mm-hmm. and Kent pointed it out to me in that episode uh, that that was an actual real thing. But uh, and of course, that's a real warning system that the government has in place. So. So but this time hat. when I heard about it I was like oh I know what that is now you know
1: Yeah yeah it's 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 a uh, it's it's no longer well I don't want to say it's not news but it's not as prominent I think it's been completely replaced with other cons like FPC sure. and things like that but the general aspect of it remains the same
0: Yeah I I think Kent said um, if I remember correctly on 911 he said that we went up to I think he said it was DEFCON 4 during 9/11. Yeah. I think if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. And so yeah, I just yeah. had this conversation
1: with someone not too long ago that yeah. Uh we were Kent and I were both in Okinawa at the time. We're in t core 1 1E, I think, mm-hmm. or 1C. Either way, uh the the typhoon was going over the island of Okinawa and we were all in lockdown and everything else and then we get the phone call saying we're in DEFCON 4 and you know we're watching everything on TV and stuff like that and we're like you know, the first thought was, where the hell are we going to go? We're locked in our houses. We can't leave base. We can't leave our house. There's 110 mm. mile an hour winds outside.
0: Oh, and this it doesn't was, matter
1: anything to us right now.
0: Oh, and that's what was, and that's what, that was during 9 11. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cause we you, cause you two, yeah. Cause I remember, cause you two were like actively in the military during this time too. So that must have been crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. I was playing EverQuest when it all happened. So, oh, <laughs> wow. Play, playing Ever, EverQuest for the first time not realizing my gamble is too low. So I kept running off a tree.
0: <laughs> I, there's an old, uh, there's an old posting from, uh, from Scott Johnson. If anyone can uh, tell me what, what uh, game he was referring to, I, I, I can't remember what the, uh, what the situation was, but I remember it was like one of the, one of the, it was like his last comment before he went to bed talking about some game. And it was like September 10th, 2001, like the night before, and he just mm-hmm. left this like ridiculous comment about a game before he went to bed. And that was the last thing he did before 9 11 happened. And I, I, yeah. If anyone has the, uh, if anyone has that, uh, let me know in the uh, Discord chat over at discord.cinemavention.com. And uh, yeah, no, but the, yeah, that was insane to me. Uh, This was so sad to me, right? So. The, pre- the president's daughter um was up all night watching letterman like I, that's that was so sad to me because that's a relic now you know like i like i know letterman's still doing internet projects now but like but still you know like the fact that letterman's not on tv anymore i was just like mm-hmm. oh damn man like that's that's now that's now old history now like ah man <laughs> yeah
1: yeah welcome to adulthood
0: yeah yeah fair here's what i will say too uh so i love how i love how you have no idea what captain miller's girlfriend jasmine's occupation was throughout the entire movie it's not until like halfway through that they just randomly mention oh by the way she's a stripper as a living (laughs) just randomly out of nowhere you're just like oh that's her occupation now <laughs> see of course yeah. if, of course if this movie were made nowadays you know she'd be an only fans creator but you know <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it, but th- this is one of those things that's like it, it, it builds the basis of the person who has aspirations for one thing and has you know emotions for another and how they conflict and that causes a personal strife between it and by the end of the movie, uh, Captain Steve Miller is at peace with both because he's gotten to yeah. go to space and do his thing and he gets his woman, you know, so now it doesn't matter anymore. Like, who who cares? You know, and, and that goes along with, with your your next little note here. The first lady, yeah, you know, she's she finds her and, and helps her and everything else. And she mentions that, oh, yeah, I, I, I voted for the other guy. That's why I didn't want to say anything to you back then. <laughs> at that point, it's like, who cares? Like, the world is literally about to end. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like pity. It's like yeah. pity. Our um, pity. Partisan uh, beef is over Part. at that yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Speaking of politicians, uh, politicians do be lying sometimes, and I love how this movie just completely like encapsulated like you know all the lies that you know, that politicians make in in this. You know, not just not even just back then, but even now. Of course, we mentioned Mm. it earlier about President Whitmore's defense secretary, maybe not lying, but definitely obscuring information from him. And again, we talked about plausible
1: deniability. Yeah,
0: exactly. But uh, and, you know, the fact that the president told the American people not to panic at first. And, you know, I love how he's (laughs) like I love how he's like we we need to be calm and, and and be in an orderly fashion and then it immediately cuts to just yeah. utter chaos in the New York streets,
1: and this really cements the fact that I mean his approval rating had dropped to forty percent. you know people didn't like him, they didn't think they didn't want him in office and and now he's telling them to calm down, and they don't trust him. They're panicking, like it all just kind of cements that this is not like Mr. superhero president until that that this day happens,
0: yeah, right you know
1: it it kind of builds into that character as well,
0: yeah, absolutely i by the way that was brutal that uh that david the the cable workers his ex-wife connie divorced him just so that she could take a job at the white house and i gotta say as fucked up as that is that is seems like something that would totally be accurate even in today's (laughs) political climate you know Uh, yeah it's look
1: relationships are hard Mm -hmm. and if if you have one person that doesn't see the aspirations of the other person as as uh, as important or or you know doesn't see how important they are to the other person, you're going to have conflicts like this, and it's going to end up you know not working out. And again, as this story comes through, everybody got to meet their goals, and they ended up together. So, yay,
0: yay, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> but. So the the one that takes the cake for me, though, is the is the president Whitmore lying to the first lady about her condition. And she freaking called him out on it, too. It's like, oh, the doctors say you're doing great. You're lying. And it's like, oh, you dirty, dirty liar. Ha ha ha. Funny joke. Right. Bearing in mind, by the way, this is all on her fucking deathbed, man. Like this is on her deathbed. Oh, people
1: people deal with that shit in different ways, and honestly, if I had to go and I could go out either sad and sorrowful, or I could go out laughing. I mean, that's the way I'd want to go. Is in a yeah. in a brighter mood, even in a somber situation.
0: Yeah, no, I could feel that. I could feel that. Yeah,
1: and, yeah, uh, is, and then he goes and tells his daughter that she's sleeping, like yeah sleep daughter knows she's not waking up you know like
0: it's, yeah
1: it's a, he's the president this is a whole family of known liars let's just yeah. deal with that right
0: now. <laughs> yeah right it's like either either she's gonna find out later or you tell her now right like and it's probably gonna do less damage if you just tell her freaking now you know <laughs>
1: But but again, I th- I think she already knows. As soon as she, because she asked, "Is mommy sleeping?" Is yeah, mommy sleeping. You, you look at the little girl's face and like she, the the actress is the actress knows what is going on, and mm-hmm. you can just tell, like yeah, yeah. There's 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 no hiding. It was just uh uh, gently ex- describing things with words.
0: Hmm. Fair enough and also like i i'll end with this it's like the, this isn't really um about politicians lying as much as how stereotypical this is of the president giving a just a fire up speech like right before right before everything's about to go down and they're about to fight the ship like <laughs> I, like that is such a typical like that that is such a typical speech by the way and everyone is just like oh oh that was such a good it's like dude like <coughs> He gives those speeches all the damn time, dude. Like, I, I,
1: so here, Willie, I, I would, uh, so two things. One to your listeners. If you do not agree with what I'm about to say, do not hold it against Willie. Okay. Uh, continue to listen to the show. Thank you. Cancel me instead because, well, I deserve it anyway. <laughs> Thank and you. Two, um, uh, we just went through an entire term with a president who, couldn't say two nice things in a row about anything. So to hear this trope return actually gave me nostalgia from when I looked up to the presidency. Mm. You know, it made me think, oh, man, remember when presidents used to try to be noble and not just bickering piles of putrid bullshit, (laughs) you know? And it was like, oh, this is so refreshing. So, yeah, it's a trope. Yeah, it's it's crap. Oh, man, it was so refreshing just for that. (laughs) moment and a half I didn't even like the speech I just like the
0: idea of being able to look up to a president <laughs> yeah you just like the concept of it
1: <laughs> yeah like oh man like having a cool president to look up to that isn't just blowing smoke up my ass the entire time he's you know mm-hmm. yeah it was, it was just like man that that would have been great so yeah
0: and and it's like again to,
1: if you don't like my political views please don't take it out on Willie
0: yeah uh, I was gonna say, say well me, and and, and, but, and honestly to uh, to 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 sort of balance the scales so to speak I will say, like, I mean, we—I don't know why we keep going back to not talking about nine eleven, but like, but for like the first like couple of months after nine eleven, I mean, Bush's numbers were way up during that time, you know? Like, oh yeah,
1: he he gave a hell of a speech at the at the base of the World Trade Center as they were pulling yeah. rubble, trying to find, you know, he
0: pulled a hell of a it was it was a great speech, yeah, and I at mean, the Capitol too, yeah.
1: It right. was, uh, uh, again, with my disclaimer, but I mean, the <laughs> entire thing was staged and rigged and, and all that other bullshit. So, you know, yeah, even no, though he it was. made it not to notice happening that day, he kind of had an idea of what the hell was going on and where we were going to go with it, Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. not exactly as honest as we thought at the time, but it was still a hell of a rousing speech. Got my yeah. patriotism going, and I was the one that mattered because I was the one willing to put my life on the line for that.
0: Yeah, right. Punk. Anyway, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Before we give our before we give our final ratings of the movie, uh, do you have any Mm -hmm. final thoughts on this movie uh, that you wanted to touch on that I didn't cover? You didn't once
1: mention Will Smith's humor and how he can carry humor in this show. Mm. Some of the things in this in this movie are just classic, uh, especially between him and Jeff Goldblum. Like they mm-hmm. can carry a comedy situation when they're in the spaceship, uh, planning the virus, you know, yeah, uh, uploading virus. Those two have just a great chemistry where they're sitting in a room and I laugh every time. And I've seen this movie probably 20 times. Like, I, 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 this, uh, it's one of my movies, and, yeah. Um, they just have a great, it's just a fun chemistry,
0: yeah. No, I know? was, I was gonna say, I, I think I, I think I mentioned this in the watch party, but the, but a Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum collab was the crossover that I didn't know that I needed, you yeah. know, because like I like it, it like when you see those two names together, you're at first you're like, huh? But like when you watch the movie, I'm like, wow, like this is they actually this is actually really good. Like those two have really good chemistry. Like, and, and, yeah. I, and I don't think they've ever been in the same film together like that I don't, since I don't know. I don't and, think, And it
1: could have all been just been clever editing. Like I'm not trying to say they do, but on screen sure. it turns it translates to, you know, in certain things like um uh just tell my just tell 'em I hit you. Yeah.
0: yeah like,
1: <laughs> you know, or 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 uh uh what was Jeff Goldblum's line? It was it was fat lady. Fat lady. where's, where's the fat lady? Oh, you're you're obsessed with fat ladies. Oh you know? right. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Stupid
0: fat till the like fat that. lady sings, yeah. <laughs> you know oh man
1: yeah um, and there's there's a couple others that i was i re i was repeating during the movie and i meant to write them down um but mm-hmm. i've been sick with covid so you know i've been kind of bedridden um yeah, yeah but uh i i meant to write them down but there's certain lines in this movie and uh like they're part of my regular vernacular even though they're just throwaway lines in this movie
0: oh yeah mm-hmm.
1: and uh i just gosh this movie is so fun
0: it's always so the fun. throwaway lines that are like the ones that you quote all the time it seems like you know like i I've, yeah I've, that's oh. one thing i've noticed <laughs> what is that goddamn smell like <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, I, I
0: don't even know the context of that, and it's still funny. It's it's,
1: it's when he's it's when he's pulling him across, the, pulling the alien across the desert. Oh he's like, Got right, out here right, pulling you across the desert. You know, and what is that
0: goddamn <laughs> smell? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was good.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, little things like that. I just, mm-hmm. I really, yeah. Oh yeah. Or or um, one one another thing that you didn't mention was uh. Uh huh uh jasmine is complaining because um steve hillers leave got canceled you know he's getting recalled and he's like well they canceled it oh yeah that's legit like that that has actually happened in well it had happened in my career where they were like yeah you're on leave but that's been canceled you're coming back and we're we're doing this other thing now Mm -hmm. and it is a point of contention with spouses and especially girlfriends and boyfriends that they don't understand the commitment to the job has to be higher than the commitment to the family at moments like that, because otherwise the whole system doesn't work. Yeah, you know? for sure. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the other thing, but yeah, that's, that's it, man. I just, uh, yeah, I'm ready to rate my movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Deb. speaking of which, having said all of that, uh, what rating do you give it, Amos? Thumbs up, thumbs down? What is it? Bam. Thumbs oh, up. Oh, thumbs up.
1: I I enjoy this movie. I I watched it probably three times on opening weekend. Um, I've seen it, like I said, probably twenty times total. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. After all this long, after all this time, I've I've really enjoyed watching this movie. It's got its tropes, but man, overall, it's a fun movie to watch. I enjoy it.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm gonna have to give it a thumbs up too, man. Like, I I mean, I know I I I know I spent the first like third of the podcast just shitting on aspects of this movie, but like, honestly, that's just my pedant side coming out, and I right. I can't help it when when I'm analyzing a movie like this to not talk about that stuff, but like. By and large, I I did enjoy this movie. Like the action was yeah. just great. Like, I it's a fun movie. It's got humor. It's got a little bit
1: of romance. Nothing yeah. big, you know. Yeah, nothing too uh, crazy. Lots yeah. of action. Some corny CGI here and there. But I mean, overall, it's just a fun movie.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's uh the perfect Fourth of July movie for for the entire family. <laughs> I don't know about that last part, but. <laughs> But like, uh, I'm not, I'm
1: not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, am not i am not i am i am i am i i am selling uh, on uh, 4th of July after a conversation Kent and I had on the 3rd of July, which was his birthday. And then the 4th of July happenings this year. I'm just kind of sold on the whole thing, like, or selling on the whole thing. Like, I, I don't, I don't want 4th of July anymore. I'm done with it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, the, the fire, honestly, I I don't, it, it's the fireworks, right? Like, it's not the celebration itself. It's the damn fireworks,
1: that's that is so just a part. That's where the conversation started this weekend. But after this weekend, I'm just kind of done with the whole thing. Like, yeah, uh, like, like, why are we? Why? Yeah, well, you know what? We don't even need Fourth of July anymore. We got Juneteenth, it's a more important holiday anyway. Let's just be honest, and it's more mm-hmm. true to an actual intent. So let's just go with uh, uh, Memorial Day. Juneteenth, and then the big summer drought until Labor Day, and just call it, <laughs> look, just leave it as it yeah. is. I mean, it's summertime, so just give give more people days off instead of making them work every week. You know, like,
0: yeah, that is one thing that I thought was kind of funny was the fact that um, this because yeah, this was the first year that Juneteenth was an official federal holiday, and like quite literally, it was like two weeks before Fourth of July, so it's like everybody's gone that monday and then two weeks later we're gone again for fourth of july and it's like i mean like i mean it's like it's one of those things where it's like i get it because it's like you know that's just where they happen to be in the in the Mm -hmm. calendar but still it was just like one right after the other really okay yeah (laughs)
1: on on the other hand okay so first of all last year was it was declared a federal holiday on the 18th which made the 19th uh a, a federal holiday um right it would just, they, there was no planning around it because it hadn't been declared a federal holiday. So this year would got be the it. first like celebrated federal holiday, whereas last year it was like basically federal employees got the day off and everybody else was like, oh, cool. I guess that'll work next year. Yep. Uh, summer officially begins in Memorial Day weekend. It officially ends on Labor Day weekend. So you have Memorial Day weekend. Two weeks later, you got Juneteenth. Well, two ish weeks later, you got Juneteenth. And then two weeks ish later after that, you've got Independence Day weekend. Mm hmm. Like, how? What better way to start your start your summer off? Like, hey, we're just gonna slam a bunch of federal holidays in here all at the same time, and mm-hmm. just have at you, and then you basically get to look down the last two months of summer like, fuck, why are we still here?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Why the humidity? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah. because exactly. August
0: is dead when it comes to holidays. I don't think there's like a yeah, single it's a, holiday no, in it's August. A, it's a
1: complete drought. It's an absolute drought.
0: Yeah, both so, metaphorically from- and perhaps literally. <laughs>
1: Look, just saying. Well, at
0: least in the northern hemisphere, anyway. Because kind
1: of everywhere now, but you know,
0: whatever. yeah. Well, okay, uh- no,
1: that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're both giving this movie a thumbs up. That's the important part.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, if you uh, if you want to hear uh, Amos talk some more uh, about these and many more conversations. Uh, tell the good people where they can find your work, um, assuming they yeah. haven't already clicked off because of your political opinions.
1: <laughs> uh, right. Which, uh,
0: it, if you're going to click off for that, you definitely
1: not want to go to want to go to ritual dot com where I <laughs> spout off almost every episode on how crappy the entire political situation is um so yeah ritualmisery.com is where the podcast lives it should be coming out of hiatus very very soon kent and i have some things in work nice and then, of course if you like other things then uh go to anthony anthony links in the show notes and uh you can fi- also find that on my twitter at ethan kane all this will be in the show notes but uh yeah i've got art i've got essays i've got well i have poetry i don't know if any of it's published yet uh, i've got podcasts i've got other stuff so it's all there mm-hmm. just who's on over to any of those in the the other thing and 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 the other thing that
0: and the other thing that you have is uh i know it's uh, several months away still but the streamathon we uh those those conversations are already beginning to start so uh i mean (laughs) i it may be like what is it? Four or five months <laughs> until that happens. But, Oof. but Hey, I mean, gotta start uh, sometime.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when you're going to publish this, but, uh, it's almost, it's just shy of six months away from when we're recording it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's not enough time. And yet it's entirely too much time to do anything about not having enough time. Yep. So <laughs> it's, it's a, it's every year. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hard it's the parallax,
0: so. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, I do a watch party for each of these movies that we review on the show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, you can join the conversation in our discord over at discord.cinemavention.com. But if you're one of those people that can't make it to the watch party when we do it live in the discord, don't worry because we have it available on demand exclusively. If you support the show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash Scott is one. Thank you, thank you, thank you, as always, to everybody who makes this show possible. Don't forget that I'm live twice a week playing games with the community on my Twitch over at twitch.tv slash one Send in your thoughts about this movie that we discussed today. You can do so over at email at cinemavention.com. And if you want to see all the previous movies that we've covered on this show, the address is cinemavention.com. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Just pick your favorite, leave a review, and subscribe. Helps others find the show. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for giving us the intro and outro music to the show. Really appreciate you over at incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the movie The Adams Family with a very special guest. And you'll find out who that special guest is and why they're so special. I mean, Every guest I have is special, but you'll you'll understand when we uh, when we get to that episode. I hope you'll be there. Is it Christina Ricci? No, sadly, it's not. (laughs) Sadly, it's not. (laughs) Still a very special guest, though. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you'll be here for the for that next episode. Until then, we'll see you next time.
1: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.